Clearly, parents are fed up with the public school system. Consequently, homeschooling is more popular than ever. Have you taken the leap this year? Or are you still considering it in the future? Or maybe you're a homeschool mama and needed some tips and new creative ideas. Well, today we are talking with a mom who has taken on the challenges of teaching your children at home, and she has done it very well with limited resources. She's written a book called Homeschooling on a Budget, and she'll share her wealth of information on homeschooling without breaking the bank. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Kerlitis, your host, and this is the Moms for America podcast, a show inspiring, encouraging, and educating moms in their journey through motherhood. We want to go ahead and invite you to like, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we also ask that you share this podcast with your mom friends in your mama circle. Um, also, if you have an idea, a topic, or a guest, would you, pod- would you podcast me? Would you email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net? Again, that is podcast at momsforamerica.net. Yep. I was just trying to get tricky with you there. Also, I want to invite all of our moms listening out there to join our movement here at Moms for America. It's moms just like us, you and me, uniting all across the country to fight for our faith, our family, freedom, and the Constitution. So go ahead and check us out at our website, which is momsforamerica.us. Again, our website is momsforamerica.us. So please go go there and um, see all the great information that we have for you. So on to today's show, Jessica, Jessica Baumgartner, getting her name straight there, is our guest today. I'm really excited to talk with her. This mama did not plan to homeschool her children. But that's exactly what she ended up doing. We know how that goes, right, moms? We plan one thing and we end up doing another thing, right? God calls us to it and we do it. And she loved it. She's got quite a story for us. And I really can't wait for you to hear her story, her journey, and some of her advice. So Jessica is a multi-award winning author of many books, including the one we're going to be talking about today called Homeschooling on a Budget. Yes, homeschooling on a budget. So this is going to be a great show for those of you that are considering, thinking about it, um, have questions about it, and wondering just how do I pull this all together this year or next year if you're homeschooling. So I want to go ahead and welcome Jessica to the Moms for America podcast. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Good, good. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, Our moms are going to be taking notes here today. I know this is going to be another great podcast because every week we get together and we're just trying to help moms. We're inspiring them, encouraging them, um, you know, getting them the information that they need to to do what they need to do in their home with their children in their household. So, well, I I just got to start out with, I know you didn't start out as a homeschooling mom, uh, but you ended up being a homeschooling mom. Um, Tell me a little bit about your family and then maybe a little bit about your journey. How many kids do you have? What's your, what's your tribe like over there? Sure. Uh, I have four children, two boys and two girls, uh, ranging from one and a half all the way up to 12. Um, I am, yeah, yeah. We're a blended family. I have been through a divorce. Uh, so, uh, my, my boys, my younger children are from my real husband is what I call him. (laughs) And uh, my daughters are from my previous marriage. And so, um, 
I started homeschooling from the very beginning with my daughters. So we've gone through a lot of different changes throughout life, still homeschooling and making it work. So, okay. So now you've got a, you've got a full tribe over there. Why <laughs> did you decide to homeschool? This is a really, in fact, we talk to moms all across the country because the educational system is such a wreck. Um, mom's just trying to figure out what to do. Can they afford private school? Should they homeschool? Should they keep them in the public school? Let their kids be the light and fight, you know, fight the fight there. And all moms, each mom has a different philosophy for their child and, and a different, and whatever's going on with their child's education. So um, what was your story um, on why you decided to uh, homeschool your children? It was, it was not really a decision. It was kind of made for us. Um, we didn't flee the system. The system failed us. Um, the school district in our area, in my family's area, when my, my eldest was just entering preschool age, lost its accreditation. Mm. And the private schools, that's like college tuition. And there weren't any good charter schools or alternative schools in the area. Um, so we would have had to have a commute, you know, of, of 45 minutes to an hour, you know, going there and then coming back and it just wasn't feasible. Um, so I started considering homeschooling and really looking into it. And I had no idea what I was doing at first, but the more I embraced it, the more I learned and the easier it was to accept how, how well children can learn at home. All right. So before we get into some of the tips in your book and some of the things I want you to specifically share with the moms, I kind of want to talk a little bit about where we are right now, right? The pandemic exposed all of the flaws in the public educational system. I mean, more and more parents sought better options. Um, kind of like what you're just talking about, what do you do? Can you afford private schools? Um, some can, some cannot. We ended up taking our youngest out of public school and did private. Before that, they were all in, in, in public school. Um, but you say right now, I mean, if, if people can afford private faith-based schools or private schools, Wonderful. But you also say there's never been a better time for home education. Why is that? Why is now a better time than previous times? The pandemic exposed so many flaws in the public education system. We watched teachers unions lobbying to keep kids out of schools long after it was determined that the virus wasn't as harmful to children and really not all that deadly to the general public. Um, so we saw how political everything was within the sure. system already. Mm -hmm. Um, and my sister, uh, her daughter was in private school, and there are some wonderful private schools out there, but they were still masking children. And the long-term effects of masking children uh, cause all sorts of psychological and even physical health problems. Uh, so that became an issue for her and her family, and, mm -hmm. and they've had to you know, go through their own process of, are we going to homeschool? What are we going to do? Um, so watching all of those flaws kind of be exposed throughout that whole system, I was already homeschooling and I had so many parents approaching me, asking me questions and, and looking for guidance because they were thrust into homeschooling, you know, un unannounced. Right. They had no idea what they were doing. And it was much faster than my experience. Sure. Um, yeah, so it, it just uh, it became kind of a blessing, you know, that right. we were we were forced to homeschool long before that because my oh. kids they were fine. And then helping other people became kind of the mission. But you're saying it's it's never been a better time for home education. 
Yeah, because uh, the homeschooling boom has taken off, more and more people are seeking resources. So as need is there, more and more resources are becoming mm -hmm. available. There are free and affordable resources that were there when I started. And there are some new ones that have really taken off now that there's a bigger interest in taking control of your children's education. Right. And like you said, now that it's become more popular, um, it's a lot easier. I mean, you know, people that were homeschooling 20 years ago it was a little bit of a different situation. You didn't have these hubs. You didn't have um, support groups. You didn't have, um, you know, classes that you could bring your kids to. You know, a lot of even the schools wouldn't allow your kids to come and do maybe part-time sports or whatever. And, and things have just changed because education has changed so much. Parents are are on the move trying to figure out what is best and actually what is safe for their kids. Um, let's talk a little bit about taxpayer funding monies that are being spent on public education. And we know that public education is failing. Um, well, I don't even know what the average is. I think here in, 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 in my uh, school district, they've spent something like 17 to $18,000 per child per year um, compared, you know, compared to the success maybe of homeschooling, which can be done a lot cheaper. Um, the results are a lot, uh, are, are really vast, right? Because there's such a, a failing, um, uh, there's such a failure rate in public schools and then there's such a success rate in homeschooling. So to, let's just talk to a little bit about that. You can spend a, a fraction of the costs in your home homeschooling versus a massive amount of money. And then you've got either indoctrination or failed school policies or inadequate teaching or, or whatever it may be. What are your thoughts on and just where the overall education system is now? The public education system is, it's a mess, is yeah. really what I feel like it is. It's its so weird to be an outsider looking in and then doing the research because each state has different amounts that they spend per child. But on average, I averaged it out, uh, it's about 15,000 per student per year. And homeschoolers, we spend about on average, maybe 500 to 1,000. Um, now that's before the economic uh, uncertainty. So it's probably gonna be closer to 1500 now at most, but compared to 15,000, mm -hmm. you know, if the state gave me that money, I could put my kid in private school or I could do so much more yeah. with homeschooling supplies uh, than what the public schools are doing. And public schools, um, they, they are, you know, connected to the Department of Education. So they're held to all of this red tape and all of these different standards that sometimes hinder the learning process, especially right. when you have students who have individual needs or special needs. Um, mm -hmm. So it's become, you know, very popular for people to pull their kids out of home, out of public school and homeschool them just to save, uh, to save money. I, I was discussing this with Deb Philman on her podcast about how public school costs, in addition to what your taxes are already paying for, you have to, if you're driving them back and forth, you also have to pay for school supplies, additional school supplies that uh, at the beginning of the year, you also have to pay for all of the extracurriculars or the field trips mm -hmm. and the books. Lunches, right. the books. Yeah. And it, it becomes so expensive. You're probably already spending that amount 
throughout the year on uh, public education anyway. Uh, so it's much better to take that money and control where it's going and ensure that your children are having those success rates. And homeschoolers, mm -hmm. we know how to do that. You know, when we're in charge of our budgets, we go, well, this works and this doesn't. And we can cut it without having to go through a whole political system. Mm -hmm. uh, the homeschool success rates, they're just wonderful stories because, you know, homeschoolers are winning spelling bees. We're winning competitions in geography and um Homeschool students have scored higher on their SATs and their ACT scores than public school students for years now. Uh, so that that tells you, like, even though a lot of parents uh, who homeschool don't focus on standardized testing, their kids are still doing better on the standardized tests than the public education uh children. And it, it, it's kind of sad to see that, to see those failures being so institutionalized. So you mentioned in your book that it was written in as a response to the myth that home education is expensive and that it has to really be for the wealthy, um, that it's, it's, and that that's simply not true. Um, you, you, you alluded to some of this, but this is really what you wanted to write the book about, right? You don't have to be rich or wealthy to homeschool, but some people think that you have to be. Absolutely. And it seems really strange because most of the people I talked to who believed that it's this expensive process are progressives. You know, they're on the left and, and it is a, a very strange political divide that because I, I guess it's the idea that because public schools are spending this much money on education, homeschoolers have to spend that much too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, the system is failing. <laughs> it's not right. a perfect system and you can do much, much better by spending less. <laughs> so how, let's talk about a budget, right? Uh, this is what we do as moms, right? We have to come up with a budget for just about everything. But what I think you alluded to a little bit that you thought it was maybe five hundred to a thousand dollars per child. How do you come up with a budget? What what do you work into a budget? Um, you know, just so moms can understand, either if they've not thought about a budget and they're homeschooling, it probably would be good to have that because that would keep you accountable. And what are some things that you put into your budget, and what do those costs look like? So I am an eclectic homeschooler. I don't subscribe to one online site or one workbook resource or, you know, one outside or inside um, material lesson plan. Uh, I like to use every resource I can find that will help my kids succeed. Um, there are some really nice affordable online schools where you can just enroll your children and they have a teacher or they have a lesson plan that's already pre-made. Uh, those are a little more expensive though. Um, for me, I found uh, Khan Academy is a free website and you can use that and that works better for the older students. Um, you have to be a little careful because some of the wokeism is starting to spill in because they are mm. global. Um, but there's a lot of really good resources on there. And then um, starfall.com was a website that my kids have all enjoyed since the very beginning. Um, I did get a little criticism because they talk about how they are up to common core math standards, but it's not mm -hmm. something, it's not like the crazy common core, it's just the basic. And so um, that's like a $35 or $30 a year annual fee, and it's not per child, it's per household. So if you have multiple kids, you're really saving a lot of money, and it, that goes from preschool up to fifth grade. Um, 
And so there are a lot of resources like that. You know, you have the school zone workbooks or the comprehensive curriculum workbooks. If children, you know, want to put pen to paper and and explore their skills that way. Uh, there's the spectrum workbooks. Again, the wokeism is starting to go in there. So uh, even finding, yeah, you have to be careful. Um, finding older used textbooks. Uh, that is actually something that a lot of homeschoolers really enjoy because the information is a little more correct and less theorized. Mm -hmm. uh, the public education system right now is focused on theories, gender theory, critical race theory. How we uh, feel, what's your interpretation? <laughs> yeah, Facts it's don't not matter. About Truth is relevant. Yeah. Yeah, and they tout science, but they're not using the scientific method. Things are not being properly tested. You have to agree or you're considered wrong. And those are methods we know don't reach success in the real world. It's a fantasy. Um, so finding those older textbooks is going to help children do well. I like um, finding classic literature, too, for my children. Um, some of the newer books are okay, but a lot of wokeism is, is dominating the publishing industry. So you have to really be aware of everything that your children are being exposed to. But even backyard gardening and outdoor experiments, and uh, I, I like to do hands-on projects with the kids where, you know, we do a tadpole hatching project in the spring. We do butterfly hatching where we can watch their transformation. Um, these are all really fun things that you can do with your children at home mm -hmm. to give them a well-rounded education. And the budgeting aspect of that. Um, what my family does is we take our tax return at the beginning of the year or in the spring, and we set aside a big chunk of that for each child's education. And about um, what do you do per child in your household? For each child, they each get their own workbook sets. Uh, we have the online uh, Starfall subscription. And then we also look at what individual online programs are they going to want to do. Uh, my nine-year-old is starting to get into coding. So we are looking at Codable this year. I think that's $60 a year. That's pretty reasonable. Um, for my younger boys, they love Starfall. So that's our standard right now. And again, I, I worry that some wokeism is, is going into that website as well, but you can avoid certain elements and just use what you can. I, I am hoping that more people come up with better websites. Um, I, I wish I were a program, programmer in that mm -hmm. sense, but I'm not. Um, and so uh, I just did a, a huge order uh, to update all of the uh, lesson plans for this next school year, the 2022-2023 school year. And there were so many craft kits and uh, science kits that I wanted to get. And so we had nice. to budget out how much are these going to be. And a lot of them are like $10 to $20 each. So you have to go, okay, what's important? What do we have to do? What can we cut out if we go over budget? Or what can we kind of splurge on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're doing and then you've really got field trips, right? And then you've got yes, outings trips. and activities. And so, yeah. so you, you write down, do you do a different budget for each child? Did you say, this is the budget and then I will uh, customize it to what their interests are? Yeah, that, that's pretty much the best way that I can do it because I look at each child's educational experience from an in, individual uh 
perspective because mm -hmm. they each have different ideas and what they want to explore. And yes, there's material that they have to dive into, but my, my eldest loves ballet. She was a ballet dancer at St. Louis Ballet for nine years. So I was able to, you know, buy books on ballet or we would incorporate dance moves into math uh, lessons. And her younger sister is more of a kind of a tomboy, but she's still, you know, she's really into animals. So in order to get her to read and really enjoy it, I had to start getting series and books that were centered on animal characters instead of people. And being able to do that and helping each child figure out how they learn best and incorporating all of those different materials into their, you know, their lessons and giving them the needs, meeting their needs, <laughs> okay. uh, really helped right. them. And, and so I, I just, uh, each year, you know, I sit down, I kind of list out everything. And then we, we have that ability to update it each month. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really nice. You know, if we have a good month and we have a little extra money, I'll be like, well, I wanted to get this for the kids and I wasn't able to when we did our massive order. Um, so then you can, you know, you pick and choose and you adjust accordingly. On. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Now you also talk about tools in your community and these are kind of things that are included in your book. I like to just give them a little bit of a, a glimpse. So you talk about tools in your community that are very helpful and do not cost a lot of money. Yeah, uh, the field trips we were talking, you just mentioned field trips and uh, there are a lot of free like historic sites that offer museum tours and a lot of them don't charge admission or if they do, it's a minimal fee. And so utilizing those are really wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, public parks are a great place to take the kids, you know, do a nature walk, have them do tree bark rubbing so that they can learn about trees and the ecosystem and, and really connect with science on a one-on-one a -on -one basis. Um, libraries, I still think libraries are wonderful. I know some of the woke stuff has right. entered into the libraries. A lot of libraries, I think pretty much all public libraries closed during the pandemic and they were requiring masks. And that was a, a big- We have to be very careful of the book curriculum too, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, co-ops are also something that I have just recently really mm -hmm. latched on to. And I don't know why I, <laughs> why I avoided them for so long. Um, but we joined a co-op, my family joined a co-op last year, and it's been so rewarding to just hang out with other homeschoolers. The kids are so social and they have such a great time learning. And it's just one day a week. All of the classes are taught by teacher, uh, by other parents mm -hmm. who have just volunteered their time. And I'm teaching a a couple of classes this fall, and that actually starts next week. Um, so it's really fun to be able to connect with those other families and to share all those resources that you have. Right. Uh, and then, you know, someone has a, a great resource, they share it with another mom and they share books. Co-ops are very popular here. I'm in Illinois. And oh, yeah. that does help with the socialization of your children, because that is one of the, the, the problems or maybe the concerns or issues that moms bring up. How do I socialize my kids? I mean, they're not in school all day with the other kids. They're not maybe, you know, participating in, in group um, projects and such. So co-ops are a great answer to that. Do you have any other um, insight to keeping your kids socialized? Absolutely. It's so the, that big term socialization, like it's so funny that people just think that, oh, well, kids go to school to be socialized. Like, 
I thought that kids went to school to to learn. Uh, <laughs> socialization isn't just packing somebody off to an obligatory event. Right. You know, your socialization happens at the grocery store. It happens at public parks. Mm-hmm. It happens if you enroll your kid in a t-ball program or a right. ballet studio. Uh, so utilizing all of those has really given my children uh, more connection to the community because I mean, think about have... your churches and your youth groups yeah, and, absolutely. you know, all of these are a part that we should have our kids included in any ways. Um, so they make friends and, you know, have, and a, have, ha- fun. have, have fun. Yeah. yeah. Have a yeah, place to have fun. Volunteering is also something that's very big right. in my family, you know, volunteering within your community to help other people. It gives them a sense of purpose and it really helps children to connect with others. And instead of having just a friend because you see them every day at school, your relationships are so much stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, my children don't have as many friends as uh, some of the public school kids, but they have stronger relationships and they really value them on a higher degree it could be healthier really because uh public school is a tough place to have friends nowadays for sure what are some of the challenges that you faced homeschool in in your homeschooling situation maybe some um things that you had to deal with and that would be some good advice for moms yeah my daughter my nine-year-old is dyslexic like me and so having to adjust that was kind of a difficult period when she was learning how to read and i I started recognizing some of the signs that she was getting really frustrated and and she was really trying to focus and learn but she just was having you know hitting a wall yeah Mm. and um and she doesn't sit still well just like you know i'm the same way i like to do lots of things and move around um so having to adjust her her learning while the other kids are, you know, sitting down mm-hmm. has been kind of, uh, it, it's been an experience, but I feel like she's benefiting it from it much more than I did being stuck in the public education system uh, because she is able to get up and do jumping jacks if she's, you know, mentally stressed out. She can get up and, you know, go get a drink of water to calm herself down and then come back with a fresh attitude, a better perspective. Um, and my sons, it's so funny because, you know, I have a young toddler, but he already wants to sit in the chair and write on a piece of paper. He wants to do school, right? He does. He does. And they all started out that way. But my yeah. four-year-old, he has trouble sitting still. So if we want to work on lessons, we have to, you know, I want to get his energy out first and I can do that and say, okay, we're going to dance for 20 minutes before we work on this worksheet. <laughs> and, and it helps, you know, it, it gives them that outlet, that physical outlet that they need that kids aren't getting in school right now. Right. You know, oh, I, have, I heard it. I heard a teacher and... say at one point that the idea that we would take little boys and tell them they have to sit in a classroom all day, not move, not, you know, uh, just not wiggle and all this thing, not poke somebody and all this stuff was just going to be really a very tough situation. So I think public school just in general is the girls do easier with it, but the boys, it really is. You do need to stand up, jump around and get focused again. And they do, that's why homeschooling is great because you have those liberties, you know. Um, What about some creative ways, um, tips for the moms that are homeschooling this year? What would you, um, you have anything that would be some things that really worked well for you? 
uh, definitely moving around, giving children the freedom to, you know, if, if you have a kid who likes sports, you know, tossing them a ball when you ask them a question and having them throw it back and give the answer. Those physical connections to our lessons really breed a, a, a good structured intelligence. I guess it's it's hard to define in my head sometimes, but <laughs> because you're you're not just teaching, you know, memorization or this is going to be on the test. You're teaching your children to think for themselves. So they become more thoughtful and they really learn the material and they have fun engaging with it when you're playing games or if you take them outside and you know you're showing them why this is the way that it is and they see it and they can touch it and they can feel it and they go oh well i understand this butterfly now or i understand you know right. why the ecosystem is so when i'm just looking at a computer yeah. about a butterfly you actually can go in the backyard right you can actually go outside and and um participate um what about what about time uh, managing mom's time um for schooling any suggestions on that i'd like to get your insight on that and then also what if moms work part-time at home or work full-time that's um, a great did question you, did you work did you I work yeah. Um, how do we, how do you, how do you do this? this is, it's this it is, will. It, and that's, it's funny. Cause that's a concept that trips people up all the time. Um, there's this idea that kids have to be in school from eight to four Monday through Friday, and you can't do anything outside of that. And that's a public education, like indoctrination, like tactic, like, Oh, this expert knows how to show up on time and make kids do this at this time frame, And, and that's so it's very restrictive because mm -hmm. if a kid gets sick or if you have a death in the family or if you have to move, those things disrupt the learning process. Whereas if you're homeschooling, you can customize lessons to your schedule. Um, I work about okay. 50 or 60 hours a week. I write for a living, so I can you know, move things around, but I have a lot of deadlines to meet and there are certain things throughout the day where I have to pump out this article by 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, so... Our How do you do that? How do you do that? You utilize your weekends. You utilize your afternoons and your night times. Okay. Um, and I do tag team lessons with my husband. You know, he works uh, three days out of the week delivery driving. So Friday through Sunday, he's working and I'm teaching. And then Monday through Thursday, he's teaching and I'm working. And I do work on Fridays too, but we really utilize the time we have. You make uh, it work. You figure it we, out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the kids, they're always supposed to start at 9 a.m. because I, I want them to have that, you know, you show up on time and you get used to your schedule um but because they're being homeschooled it doesn't take as long they're not in a you know a setting mm -hmm. where they have to learn for eight hours it's closer to three or four hours and we really actually have to stretch that because they learn so fast uh in order to meet state requirements <laughs> right oh right because you probably have a uh a requirement in your state and, yeah. and two, that's true i mean it could take six hours by the time you shift classes and you open books and you go to lockers. And all I mean, you, you start, you know, cutting down your travel time, which is from one seat to another. It's a lot easier at home and it, it, it's just not as laborious. Right. And it, it, it's not as uh, distracting. You know, you don't right. have as many distractions. You don't come in from playing kickball at lunch and then they're suddenly thrust into a math lesson. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then just some last uh, closing words of advice. And I do want to mention your book again. It is um, homeschooling on a budget. Am I saying it correct? 
Yes, absolutely. Okay. I just moved my paper here, but so homeschooling on a budget <laughs> and you're going to get that on Amazon plus some other of your books are available there too, right, Jessica? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I just, I want to make sure the moms know where to get it because everybody's, I'm sure, just trying to figure out how do I do anything on a budget. In today's economy, we have to figure out how to do everything on a budget. Well, and I tried very hard to detail from start to finish all the way through graduation and even into college or trade schools or starting your own business, how to get your kid from preschool all the way up. So I, I really wanted to focus on that because a lot of books only focus on grade school or middle school. Oh, I love that. Um, That's great. Yeah. All right. Last, last couple words of advice, either to the, to the two, two moms that are out there, I guess one, they're just starting, they're new. Um, and then I guess, you know, they're either new or they've been in the journey of homeschooling, maybe just some advice to them and yeah. maybe to moms that are considering it. Um, probably not this year, although who knows last year, a lot of people took their kids out halfway through because they found out what was happening in their school. So anything could happen at any point with education. We all understand that now. There could be another, we got the monkeypox, who knows? I mean, they could shut it all down. This this is crazy. So just to have a a natural disaster, we just had flooding in our area and our whole house, it was like a lake around us. And it was, it was terrifying, but you know, I was like, okay, well, we still have to focus on school because I Mm -hmm. do summer school with my kids. Right. So what is Um, some of your advice to the moms that are homeschooling or the moms that are considering? I think that most of us want the best education possible for our children. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're still afraid, it's probably because most people lack the confidence to be the teacher. They think, oh, I'm not an expert. Oh, I don't have this degree. I haven't done this. But, you know, teachers are only experts in teaching. They're not you know, tradesmen or people who have experience in these great fields that are doing very well. And so what we're looking at right now is if you take the time to really look into it and even just test it out, give yourself just a little bit of time to test it out for the moms who haven't yet or the dads who haven't. Um, see how it goes, you know, give yourself the time to build up that confidence. And if you're already homeschooling, good job. Uh, It's going to be hard some days. It's easy sometimes. And you'll go through periods where you might regret it for a minute. And then (laughs) it's the greatest blessing of your life. And persevering through that is something that a lot of parents, I think, should do and benefit from if you keep going. Um, If you're having a rough time, you know, reach out to a co-op, you know, talk to a friend, uh, reach out to your, uh, your, your faith group and, and try to make sure that you get some kind of support uh, because I didn't have a lot of support in the beginning. And that was really hard. It it took a lot to get through that first uh, couple of years. Um, But once you, once you get into it and, and you really believe in it and you believe in yourself and you believe in your children, uh, it's such a rewarding experience that can guide your family through anything. Right. And you figure those eight hours that you have your children, either in the public school system or in a private school, whatever it may be, or the eight hours you have them at your kitchen table, you know, yeah. those are precious times. And, you know, to the moms that are able to do it, I was never able to homeschool. Um, I just did everything at the school and um, we did end up doing private school, but you know, it works different and it really depends on your child. It depends on your, your school board, what they're pushing, what they're teaching, what they're doing and where God has you in your journey. So to the moms out there, we just say good job because we know all the moms out here, Jessica love their kids and want the best for them. So right. Hooray for the mamas, right? 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, everybody's experience is different. If you have to stay in public school or if you want to, you know, that's, I'm not going to say you're a bad parent or you're a bad person. I'm just out here trying to encourage anybody to seek the alternative options if they're thinking about it or if they're just, they just don't have that confidence and they really know that it's what's best. Yeah. Well, moms, I believe moms can do just about anything. So if you feel called to homeschooling moms, as you're listening out there today, I am sure you can do it. But resources like Jessica's book, Homeschooling on a Budget at at Amazon, plus some of her other books. I mean, there are a lot of resources out there for moms in their journey as they look at homeschooling and they start to decide what they're going to do in their household with their kids uh, on a day-by-day basis with their education. So thank you, Jessica. We appreciate you coming by. All the best to you. And um, thanks for encouraging and, and helping our moms on their homeschooling journey. We know that home education is on the rise, like we talked about. And moms, just like you, moms that are listening from all types of backgrounds and income levels and experiences are stepping up and giving their children the best education that they can. So congrats to those moms. And again, to those moms that are thinking about it, keep praying about it. That's what I tell everybody. Let God direct and guide you um, for what is best for for your household. Um, So check out Jessica's book. Thanks again. But before we go, I do want to remind all of us to visit our website at momsforamerica.us as we talk about resources and information. We have a lot of resources on our website, which again is momsforamerica.us. Check out all our resources, our events, our programs. We have a lot of educational um, books and programs there. Love to have you check out our signature program, which is called the Cottage Meetings. And this is for you moms. This is 12 lessons that will inspire and educate you on America's amazing, amazing heritage. Um, So then you can share those principles of liberty in your home, with your children, and in your community. We know that what moms learn, they teach to their children. So that program, along with so many other programs on our website, will help you impact your family in a very, very powerful way. Um, From parental rights to public policy, uh, we believe that Moms for America has it all. We've got a plethora of information for you. Lastly, we want to invite you to sign up for our weekly newsletter Um, We showcase resources from parental rights to CRT, comprehensive sex ed. We have our podcast. We have information that help you moms in your journey. Um, This will help you get educated on issues that relate to you as a mom, as you engage with other moms, your families, and um, help save our country. We save this every week. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you moms, you are truly the heartbeat of America. And that's why this movement Moms for America and moms just in general, the greatest influencers uh, are going to help save our country. It's up to us, the moms. So please like and subscribe, share this with your mom friends that you know are interested in homeschooling or are homeschooling or have questions about homeschooling. Jessica's insight will be very helpful for them. Uh, Please join us next week for another inspiring and informative discussion for moms just like you. We love you moms. Thanks for joining us and let's keep changing our world one home at a time and I will see you next week.